Welcome to the Happy in the Mess podcast. We are your hosts, Marlena, Sherry, and Matthew. We are therapists and coaches, and we want to share our own stories with you, as well as the wisdom, insights, and tips we've learned along the way. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Welcome to the Happy in the Mess podcast. Thank you to those of you who join us each week and have sent in comments, have liked our podcast, have subscribed in whatever format you watch it or listen to it in. Um, If one of our episodes might help someone else, please feel free to share it with them. We love being able to offer help to those in need. It's why we do this podcast. So today we're going to talk about how to handle it when things are going. Oh, sorry. Normally we talk about how things go wrong like my introduction, right? How how to handle it. But today we're actually gonna talk about how to handle things that go right. Um, but we're still feeling this anxiety anyway. So to help us shed some light on this, we have Marlena, the spiritual dating coach. We have Sherry, our couples relationship coach. And I am Matthew, the misfit coach. So as we get started, let's just do a real quick check-in with both of you. And I would love to know where people can find you, maybe what projects are going on as you're starting this journey. So Marlena, what about you? Yeah, you can um, follow me on all the socials at Coach Marlena and actually encourage you to sign up for my free meditations at coachmarlena.com or coachmarlena.com slash meditation. Holding a Valentine's Day sale, uh, 30% off, um, uh, a deal breakers blueprint, a swipe right, which is online dating coaching uh, for your profile, making your profile perfect and help you attract the right matches. And lastly, heartbreak cure, which is seven day grief relief. If you've just gone through a breakup, So I'm really excited about that. The sale runs February 14th through 19th. So get on coachmarlena.com and sign up for my email list so that you can get uh, information on that promotion. Thanks. That's awesome. So people can spend four times the amount they normally do on roses, or they can buy into your program and get something that's long lasting. I like that idea. (laughs) Yes, beautiful. Uh, Sherry, what about you? Where, Where can people find you? Well, the most straightforward way is at sherrytimco.com, but you also can find me on all, all the socials, either by my name or by Synergy Coaching. Um, I am doing a post-Valentine's Day launch where I am hopefully going to help all those who didn't have a very good Valentine's Day with their spouse, and I'm going to uh, launch the married dating program that I have, which helps couples who were stuck in ruts to shift that by going on some structured dates. Sounds like an awesome opportunity. Great to have that done for you, have those encouragements to do that, um, because we also need Valentine's Day to encourage us to do other things. So it's great if we miss the miss the mark on that. So um, so I'm Matthew Morgan. I'm at MatthewEMorgan.com or Misfit Refuge. Um, and we're just working on all sorts of programs right now that can really help people um, who are just think about life in a different way. So I'm doing a big thrust on geek therapy. We're getting geared up for March 1st, uh, which for Star Wars fans is a big day, uh, being able to have a new series come out. And I'm trying to piggyback off that and just have some fun geek therapy. So feel free to check that out there. Awesome. That sounds really fun. Thank you. Thank you. So, all right. So, uh, you know, we were talking about throwing around titles and this idea of being unhappy and not a mess. We talked about, you know, throwing around, you know, waiting for the shoe to drop. Um, But really, what are we talking about here today? What are we, are we talking about somebody who's waiting for the shooter drop and waiting for bad things to happen? Are we talking about somebody who's just gone through 
a load of junk uh, and it's just that's the time that they can fall apart. Um, so what does it mean uh, for both of you as we start this topic? And I want to throw maybe to Sherry first, if you're okay. Yeah, um, I think this this idea of waiting for the other shoe to drop, um, it implies that you're already in the middle of something. But I think a lot of us have had enough bad things or hard things that have happened in our lives that when things are good, we know that something is going to come and disrupt that. So we are like looking for the signs so that we can be prepared before we lose that calm, before we lose that happy. But the problem with that is it takes us out of the present. We're then looking at the future and then we miss that time to relax and just be at ease and rejuvenate. So I think there's kind of this perpetual waiting for that other shoe to drop. Absolutely. What what would you say, like if we're looking at somebody who maybe is in this state, what do you have a sense of maybe what their mind is doing or what kind of thoughts are going through their heads? Well, with clients I've worked with and even my, at my for myself at times when, when things seem to have been going well, it's almost like, I can't believe it. Is this going to last? I mean, what's wrong? It's almost like a, what's wrong? Everything's right. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of this incredulous attitude almost, um, which is, which makes me a little sad at, at times because it's like, why can't we believe that things are going well and that we might be able to enjoy it? And that because there's nothing wrong, that doesn't mean that there's something wrong, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Is this something we see? And is this a lot of people? I, and I know we maybe have a, a different subset of the population that we work with. Um, but but maybe how prevalent do we see this in our in our world? I think it, with married couples, um, especially if they have kids, there is always something going on. And there are, in my family, there are five of us. And one person has some crisis going on or something that they're wrestling with or something that they're learning at any given time. In fact, when my kids were very little, um, this used to apply to sleep. It applies just as easily to everything else, but it was like they would trade off who was up at night so that they would actually be getting sleep. But as the per primary person who got up at night, I would get no sleep because I was the one who was like responding to that every night. It was just a different kid. So I think that it's very hard to find those calm spaces at certain mm -hmm. stages of life. Definitely. I mean, definitely. I think just simply because when people often seek us out in coaching or in therapy that we're usually people come because they're in a crisis or they're dealing with some problem they need extra help with. So Unfortunately, we're a little biased. Like I would say a good portion of people may be experiencing this. If they're in a good place, usually I'm, I'm asking them to not come in as often because they don't need it as much. Um, and, and so, yes, I, I see this a lot. And perhaps that's just because the people who are coming to me are often needing help with something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's a great, great way to process that. I mean, it's typically we are the ones that people come to in times of help. Um, but we don't always think about it in terms of, you know, when things are going well. And I know a lot of times that's where we start seeing clients drop off or we encourage them to space some things out. Mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't mean 
we don't have anxiety during this time. Um, and I think always being tuned in, uh, if people are unsure about what this feels like, going back to some of our pre previous episodes on processing emotions or, or talking about anxiety and like, what does this feel like? Um, which is when we're jittery, we're hypervigilant, we're always on the lookout for something. Um, and again, with what you said, at the expense of the moment. Uh, mm. we, we lose whatever happiness is going on in that moment. Um, so we're really creating a, a mess in the happy here, uh, mm. as we talked about for titles. A lot of times I tell my clients uh, to remember that that life really is a series of ups and downs. Um, and a lot of times we have a lot easier time expecting the bad things to happen. Uh, so something good's there and, and like we don't have any problem just thinking like, okay, this is this is inevitable. Something's going to happen and ruin this. Um, but oftentimes I try to shift clients' mindset into this idea that um, also if things are going poorly, it's inevitable that things will end up turning turning out better eventually um, and, and that we can get to that point. Um, and sometimes we need that extra encouragement, I think. So mm -hmm. what... Well, this reminds me of that old Chinese proverb um, that I often would share in dialectical behavior therapy skills group, which is, you know, to your point, Matthew, things don't stay the same. So that that proverb of, you know, the farmer has a horse and the horse runs off and he thinks, oh, how terrible. And the neighbors think, oh, how terrible. But he says, you know, we shall see. And then the horse comes back and it's pregnant. And now he has two horses and the neighbors are like, oh, how great. And he's like, well, we'll see. And then his son decides to ride the horse and gets thrown off and breaks his leg. And the neighbors are like, oh, how terrible. And he's like, we'll see. And then the army comes and they're recruiting young men, but he can't go because he has a broken leg. And they're like, oh, how wonderful that he was injured. And he could, we shall see. And on and on, like things that seem tragic, maybe aren't and things that aren't maybe become, I mean, it just goes on and on. Like we, it's hard to um, draw a conclusion based on what we see because the result has multiple consequences. So it's never all good or all bad. And it changes over time. Our perspectives on it change as well. Yeah, that's a great, um, that's a great story that really hits home that idea of kind of like just pausing and experiencing what is, and then being ready for whatever comes, but not being not anticipating it to such an extent. I, it's almost like having confidence in yourself, like believing that you can handle whatever comes next. And even if that is a really hard time or that's a really easy time, like you're just going to be able to be present and you're going to be able to handle it. Right. And, and to, um, I like what the pause word, like take a step back and refrain from judging the situation as, as you see it. Um, because that judgment again, creates all kinds of feelings in, within us, right? If I call something so tragic then I'm going to start feeling despair and hopeless. But if I call something wonderful, again, like our thoughts are so, and our judgment, so dictate how we feel about things. And if we could just create like beginner's mind or some neutrality with what we see, we might be a little feel, start to feel a little bit more stable, which is why I encourage mindfulness and meditation so much is to develop that ongoing stability rather than these ups and downs that are just it's sometimes it's really fun to be on a roller coaster and sometimes you just want to get off and be like, nope, mm -hmm. sorry, I'm done. All right, so I'm going to throw a fly in the ointment because I think we've talked about this before about how when things, like I don't process things when it's a crisis. I go mm -hmm. into high functioning mode. Things become very clear to me and I can just kind of put the details, arrange them and things fall into place. But when it's calm, 
is when I will be, I'll have to process all that stuff when I was high functioning. And so even last week, I was, I was really upset about something that I can't even remember right now. It was something like I was charged an extra $5 on something like it was really small. And of course, my husband and daughter were like, um, what's wrong with you? Like, this is not that big of a deal. What I'm sure it was, is I was processing stuff that I hadn't been able to process because everyone else was in crisis. Mm -hmm. And it took me getting to that calm space. So I think sometimes that unhappy in the, in the not mess is we didn't deal with the stuff in real time. Amen, Sherry. I see this a lot with clients, like where they fall apart, not during the crisis because they can, they have to keep it together and function and function hard. And then when everything is okay, that's when they get in there and they wonder, they're like, why now? And it's like, oh, it's because you have the space now, which is why also like, um, meditation can feel anxiety producing is because you're finally beginning to process and clear out. It's like a purge, like what's been stored up. That's why it doesn't feel super comfortable sometimes at first is that you're inducing the calm so you can deal with the feelings and then, and then eventually move on through. Absolutely. That, yeah, that ability we have sometimes to detach from our own feelings. Um, uh, one of the, the shows we watch as a family, or as my wife and I watch NCIS, one of the characters in there was talking, she's an actress and she's talking about how she can handle stressful situations. And she basically teaches herself to dissociate um, and then shows up the next day. And she just looks like she has, you know, gone three rounds with, with a professional boxer. Uh, and she realized, and what she said is kind of in the middle of the night, her, her ability to disconnect uh, failed um, and everything reconnected and came back in. And it, she had to process the the difficult time. And, and in this case, it was a life-threatening situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so absolutely. I think hearing that being present minded, sometimes it means processing what, what we've just gone through. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, rather than dissoci- so dissociating is one way of doing it. Over-functioning is another, but there's mm-hmm. also like just setting that aside and that it's not really a dysfunctional thing. Like in a crisis, someone needs to function. Yeah, someone yeah. needs to be able to hold things together, and so that's not always a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And that goes, I think, it goes back to that non-judgmental approach um, because we all handle it in the way that we need to. And I know my wife and I—we have a rule that both of us can't fall apart at the same time. <laughs> right, the terrible rule because there's really no way to decide it. But uh, oftentimes we use that as a guiding principle. Um, there, there's a kid's book called Fortunately, Unfortunately, that came to mind as Marlena, you were talking about the proverb earlier. Was, mm-hmm. And I think observing, like sometimes these things happen and good things happen and bad things happen. But taking that point of maybe grounding ourselves um, and allowing, Sherry, what you talked about, whatever coping strategies we use to get us through. Um, so are there mistakes that we see during this time that that really you have seen either as coaches or therapists, um, what, what mistakes do people make when they have this, you know, mess in the happy moment? Oh, I I don't like to label anything as a mistake. I feel like that just induces shame and, Mm -hmm. and, and we can't, 
we can't go back and fix things. So yeah. it's everything's learning and everything has a different set of consequences, good and bad. So I, I refer, I, I kind of reject that. Was it a mistake? It's like, no, you made the decision and you had a set of consequences and you're learning and growing and, and on we move. Like nothing is really a mistake. I like that approach. Absolutely. Very, very non-judgmental, non very approachable with it. I think that we can be aware of what's happening and what our style is as we go through situations. And I think being present as much as possible allows you to experience that joy. Um, as something that I frequently say to clients is, is worrying about what's going to happen next going to make that better? Or are you just sacrificing that time right now when things are okay? And mm -hmm. so just being able to say, this is my time. This is my time to reflect and rejuvenate and, and get stronger. And no matter what comes next, I can trust that I'm going to handle it. Mm -hmm. um, so it goes back to that, that inner core of I am okay and I will be okay. And I can handle what happens next. Mm -hmm. Yes. I tell this to my, uh, my sober clients who are, you know, recovering, you know, when they're having a hard time, I'm like, well, you know, you didn't get sober to now, you know, throw your life away. Like God didn't get you sober and not dropping out, like, or the universe just didn't help you get sober so that, that your life would now go to, sh you know, like mm -hmm. it's going to be okay. And I had this lovely therapist many years ago who told me that exact thing you just said, Sherry. And it meant the world to me. She's like, no matter what, Marlena, you can trust that you're going to be okay. Like, look how far you've come. Like your life is a testament to getting through hard things. You can get through another hard thing and you're going to be okay no matter what. And I, I just took such great comfort in that. It helped me act, trust myself. Yeah, that's beautiful. A lot of times I'll ask the question, but did you die? You know, as, <laughs> as, as unpleasant as something was to get through or as hard as it is or as anxious as we are, like, have we done? No, like, like yep. we're still here. We're still breathing. The universe mm -hmm. still has a reason and a purpose for us. So, mm -hmm. um, so go ahead. Oh, I love how Abraham Hicks, Hicks says, you all know, I'm a big fan of, of her. Mm -hmm. And she says, you know, um, there's nothing serious going on here. There's just nothing serious. Even mm -hmm. when it feels, there's really nothing serious going on here. And if you can take that attitude, if there's just nothing really serious going on here, it can be so calming. And I just appreciate that perspective. And some people think me that maybe that's trite or I'm making little of maybe bigger things, but I do appreciate that. Like you said, if no one's dying, is there anything really serious going on here? And right, she would so just, even if, yeah, someone is just, dying, serious. Just to push back against that a little bit, because we don't want to go into po uh, toxic positivity, mm -hmm. which is denying that something is happening, mm -hmm. but being able to being able to stay in that space where it's, um, it's okay that this is happening and you can handle it and you're going to get through this. Mm -hmm. Agreed, Chair. Yeah. Absolutely. So maybe with all of this in mind, right? So we have somebody who's, uh, they're feeling anxious, but things aren't necessarily wrong right now. Um, sometimes, as I've been gleaning from the two of you, sometimes it's us planning ahead and productively, right? Like what happens at this next step? Um, sometimes it's us planning ahead unproductively. Um, you know, again, going with this idea, Marlene, I want to really hold to your idea of non-judgment here. No mistakes, right? But, you know, we're handling things the way that we are. Um, what are some things that we can do or not do 
during this stage. And and I I worded that intentionally because I I think sometimes we try so hard to put into action things that we should just not do and just be present in the moment. So what what are some things that we can do or not do during this stage? There is a a, a equalizing experience that I had um, years ago. My husband and daughter were very, very sick in an overlapping time period. Um, and I, I mean, I remember sitting next to their beds praying that they would be okay. Like that was the level of it. Mm. And throughout my life, I have frequently compared where I am now with that time period. And even if things were hard, I was able to say, but it wasn't that like it, it, I already lived through that. And this, while it is a hassle and I don't like it, it's all, it's not that. So I think that has helped me embrace those calmer, happier times when I can, I can compare those, the current time and that time and really understand that it's okay. Like I am okay and it will be okay. Mm. I like that Sherry, kind of using that, that really, really tough moment as uh, the barometer. Nothing is going to be that bad. Probably not. And to have some perspective on it. So it's, it's perspective check essentially. I used to do that for a long time after the Peace Corps. Like I'm not in the Peace Corps. It's not that bad anymore. It's never (laughs) going to be that bad. (laughs) If I can get through the Peace Corps, I can do just about anything. It used to be my mantra. And some of us in it together, like it's not that it's okay. Today's okay. But, and, and I really hear that again, checking in with our feelings, our feelings are saying something is bad. It's big. It's scary. And we're not trying to judge them. We're just trying to say, hey, this it does feel this way, but is it this way? We're testing the, the truth of it mm-hmm. um, and really giving ourselves space to hold in that moment. So. Yeah, hold up those feelings against the facts mm-hmm. to see what those emotions are trying to tell you. Yes, and I think the feelings can be indicators sometimes of what to do and what not to do. And oftentimes when when something feels urgent, it's usually not. And I encourage my clients not to take action when something feels really urgent, because if no one's dying, it's probably not urgent. And, and acting from a place of anxiety or urgency is usually not going to net you the results you want. So if you can just take a moment, stop, you know, observe, pause, breathe, and then, and then make a decision from a calmer place, then, then it's more likely to be more an aligned decision with, with what you want and who you are rather than acting out of franticness or panic that is so wise i feel like we should put that on loop because (laughs) that is brilliant Mm -hmm. yeah it 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 is and it's uh, talking about it 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 seems like a very simple concept but having uh, we've all three been there um and probably and sometimes very recently where things do feel urgent and you know, we're up against financial deadlines or other emotional stresses or health stresses, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it, it can be really hard to hold that, that really fine line. I I'm, might be as, as we're closing up here, do either of you have tips or tricks from, from personal or professional life to, to really hold in that balance of that anxiety and the wellness kind of thing? 
Well, for better or for worse, I mean, I use meditation, but I also call, I have like confidants in my life who I run my ideas by, especially if something feels urgent, I usually run by it and they'll be like, no, you don't need to do that. That's not, that's not, that's not necessary at this moment. Can you like eat some dinner and meditate some more and then (laughs) see what, sleep on it, see how you feel in the morning about that. And oftentimes it changes. Yeah. I, I think, um, we live in such an urgent world that even when we're not in a personal crisis, there's all these voices that are saying, you need to make a decision. You need to get to this. This is falling apart. Why isn't this working? Um, And so I know I often will respond to that level of urgency. So one of the tricks that I use is to set something aside. I'll go and do something else and just let that sit there. And if that still feels compelling, if that still feels urgent, then I will come back and revisit it. But being able to say, you know, what is the most important thing in this picture right now? And so if it's a calm time, being able to say the most important thing right now is connecting with the people around me or taking this pause to learn something or grow in some way that I know that I'll need in the future. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Those are great words of wisdom. And I and I appreciate the authenticity from both of you of, you know, this is not not just something we teach in counseling and coaching, but it's something we have to put in practice continually. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times something like that can it can bring up some vulnerability. Um, it can bring up how we how we feel inside because it's we're real. We we are human beings who have to deal with all these same situations. Um one of the things that jumped to mind as you were talking, there's a, a story in the Bible of Elijah who's going through this really, really rough time and everything is just falling apart. And he's like, oh, I'm just, uh, this is horrible. I'm going to die. And and really the, the messengers of God just kind of say, hey, eat something and take a nap. You know, and, and and I love it because it's just this beautiful, like you expect this grand theological entrance and it's just like, just give it a moment. It's not It's not as serious as you think it is kind of thing and and it and it's all going to work out so um yeah, that goes back to those basic needs make sure your basic needs are met before you make an urgent choice amen to yeah. that yeah yep yep basics are so important eating sleeping nutrition basics mm-hmm. getting outside moving your body yep using and that's when we're talking about the wellness really that's uh, to me as i'm listening that's one of the things we really should be doing is when things are going well, when we're not in crisis, really doubling down and making sure our self-care is still still doing good. Um, and we're reinforcing that so that we have the energy when the next shoe drops or, or when the next part of the storm really comes in. So, exactly. yeah. so speaking of vulnerability, we were talking about that uh, earlier and this idea of, um, Brene Brown uses this term and I know many others do too, but a vulnerability hangover. Um, so when we, when we have kind of had these moments where everything just pours out um, and like we feel emotionally, uh, the, hang- the hangover feeling, right? <laughs> right? Like, I can't believe I did this. I feel like garbage. Um, mm-hmm. And we're talking, I think we're going to make that our next episode. So if people are struggling with that, as we've been talking, uh, I want to make sure they're tuning into the next one, uh, making sure they're subscribing. Uh, so if you've enjoyed this, if you've enjoyed what these wonderful ladies have given us, uh, then, then make sure you, you, you like, you share, you subscribe. Uh, we're here to help. And 
always feel free to ask, uh, you know, if you have questions, if you want to delve into something more, uh, more deeply that we've, we've glossed over, we don't always know what people are asking. So feel free to send those comments in uh, whatever format you're using the show, um, whether it's commenting on YouTube or emailing or, or connecting with us on social media. So um, Marlene, Sherry, I appreciate both of you. Any last minute take home calls here? Anything that you want to make sure that people are knowing about you or knowing what they need to do in these scenarios? I know this is something I say a lot at the end of sessions. It is just do the best you can. You're not expected to be perfect. Just give it your best and then move forward. I'll second what Sherry said and just say, I'm really looking forward to our next episode on uh, vulnerability hangovers since we've all experienced that. Looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. So uh, a lot of times I will, in these scenarios, make sure I'm looking at my tattoo, which is written in here. And it's the the line, it is well with my soul. And just remembering that even in the midst of chaos or in the midst of calmness, um, it's always well with us. So even if it doesn't always feel that way. So, all right. Well, thank you both. Uh, Sherry, sherrytimco.com, Marlena, coachmarlena.com. Right. And and I'm at Matthew E. Morgan or MisfitRefuge.com. Um, thank you all for joining us. Uh, and we can't wait to see you on the next episode of Happy in the Mess. Mm -hmm.